On this Saturday morning time, once again, for a bit of a wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Denny. How are you this fine, uh, chilly morning? Thank you for asking. It's uh, I'm fine, and I hope you are as well. And I think, Indeed. we hope we're going to see some sunshine today and tomorrow. <laughs> yes, and it's always nice on a crisp, cold day to have some sunshine. Absolutely. Which brings up, uh, my subjects today are twofold. One, I'm going to talk about some cold day to have some sunshine. Absolutely. Which brings up, uh, my subjects today are twofold. One, I'm going to talk about some wines that go very well with comfort food, and today's a good day for that brisk cold outside. Come home to some warm comfort food, and it changes the whole composition of the day, in my opinion. And also, I had an interesting question posed to me this past week, and I thought I would share it with everybody. Someone asked me, is Pinot Grigio and Pinot Gris related? Well, they're not only related, they're the exact same grape. Uh, Italian Pinot Grigio is usually totally dry with a very nice acidity and balance. Uh, American Pinot Grigio, which is called Pinot Gris most of the time, is, has more exaggerated fruit flavors and a little uh, less acidity than European variety. French Pinot Gris is fleshy and more forward, and they all are the same grape type. So whether you're getting a, a wine called Graubunger in Germany, which is Pinot Grigio, or you're getting Pinot Gris, which is Pinot Grigio, or you're getting Pinot Grigio, which of course is Pinot Grigio, they're all the same. The difference is where they come from and how they were produced. Uh, Pinot Gris, the whole type, originally with this DNA, actually comes from the Pinot Noir grape, which is a, a red wine grape, um, but some kind of mutation occurred centuries ago and produced uh, the Pinot Grigio grape. And it really is a wonderful wine because it has all sorts of fruit flavors. People get green apples and lemons and pears and nectarines, etc., uh, a little honey, ginger. It's just amazing what different people pull out of Pinot Gris or Pinot Grigio grape. Uh, it should be served cool, uh, and not only cool, but really quite cold usually. Uh, the meat pairings and food pairings with Pinot Gris are absolutely wonderful. I always recommend it. I think it's a wonderful, particularly Pinot Grigio from Italy, is a wonderful reception wine because it's a kind of it's innocuous. It doesn't jump up and shout, uh, notice me in the glass or anything. It's just a very pleasant wine to have while you're milling about, waiting for a reception or a dinner to begin. It makes it terrific, as I said, a reception wine or a very nice aperitif wine. And having said that, of course, most Pinot Grigio comes from Italy. They have vineyards planted there. Almost 50,000 acres of vineyards are in Italy of Pinot Grigio, and it's a very, very popular export for that country as well. In this country, we aren't such slouches either. We have almost 20,000 uh, acres planted. Germany has quite a bit, about over 10,000, but as I said, in Germany it's called Graubagunder, and... Uh, it very seldom is sold as Pinot Gris or Pinot Gris. In France, it's found mainly in Alsace, and they have about 5,000 acres there in Australia, New Zealand, Austria, Romania, 
All those places have a form of a Pinot Grigio, whether they call it Pinot Gris or Pinot Grigio. Uh, as I said, it's a wonderful reception wine. It's a unique wine in that it, uh, it doesn't call so much attention to itself. It's just a pleasant wine to have. It has a very interesting, noteworthy uh, history behind it. It's been known uh, around for hundreds and hundreds of years. And uh, like I say, today, Pinot Grigio is grown all over the entire globe, from South America to Australia to New Zealand. Even in China today, they're planting Pinot Grigio, and we'll see what the results of that bring. But they, it really is a remarkable wine. Uh, fun to have an experiment and get a bottle of Pinot Grigio or Pinot Gris from three different places and try it out. P get an Italian Pinot Grigio, a French Pinot Grigio, and a, a Pinot Grigio from this country. Uh, it's grown all over in this country, particularly popular in Oregon, uh, where they grow a lot of Pinot Gris. In fact, it's the main white type. It's There's more Pinot Gris planted in Oregon than there is Chardonnay. And uh, there's a good reason for that. The Pinot Gris that's made in Oregon, I think, is uh, just a delightful wine. So totally different from Pinot Grigio. But as I said, well, you might say, well, why isn't it more similar, like Cabernet is? Well, Cabernet isn't that much similar either. If you have a Chilean Cabernet and compare it to a French 100% Bordeaux Cabernet, you'll see vast differences in the wine. This is a white wine with those differences, and you see it all the time in something even simple like Chardonnay. A Chardonnay from California is going to be a little different than a Chardonnay uh, from Burgundy in France. Uh, so you, we're getting used to all those variations. With The difficult thing about Pinot Grigio is the different names it takes on. And in the style is so vastly different. Most people, if you really didn't know any better, you'd swear it was a totally different grape type because the results are so different. But the, as I said, the interesting thing is it is the same grape type. And like I said, if you're looking for an interesting project on a chilly afternoon like today, why not pick up a bottle of French Pinot Gris, pick up a bottle of California uh, Pinot Gris, and pick up a bottle of Italian Pinot Grigio, and you'll see immediately you might like all three of them, but for different reasons, because they are vastly different. When I was started this out with Denny, when I started talking, I said I was going to talk about comfort food. I think when it's cold like it is right now, nothing is more comforting for you than a, a very robust kind of meal and maybe a glass of good wine with it. And it, there's so many robust dishes that are, are wine-friendly. You know, pasta is just an enormously wine-friendly dish, maybe because of its origin. But while we're talking about its origin, most of us say, well, pasta comes from Italy. The name pasta is Italian. Well, indeed, but there is some controversy where it was invented. It certainly wasn't invented in Italy. There is some, as they say, controversy that Marco Polo brought it back from China or that it came uh, from the Arabian areas around Constantinople or Istanbul, etc., and was brought into Italy. But whoever brought it into Italy, the Italians made it popular. And boy, if there's anything on a hot or on a day that'll bring a little heat to your inners, is a good 
lasagna, homemade lasagna. Even some of the store-bought lasagnas are pretty good, and you can doctor those up by adding a little more spice and things like that. It would be a wonderful thing to have macaroni and cheese that the kids love. It's really an adult dish, too, and it would be just super. Just imagine macaroni and cheese because it's so cheesy. Almost any wine would go with it and go with it very well. Uh, how about French onion soup? I like to make French onion soup with the recipe from La Halle. That's the old French market in Paris. And their French onion soup is kind of the best there is. They put a crust of stale bread on top of the French onion soup and then put it, uh, some ground-up cheese. Usually they use Gruyere on top and pop it under a salamander. That's like a broiler uh, to get that cheese hot and melted. And when you stick your spoon through that melted cheese and uh, by this time sopped bread, and into that onion soup, you have a wonderful meal that uh, goes far beyond soup. It's a very nourishing meal unto itself, and it is really good. And I have a good tip. I don't use Gruyere cheese when I make my French onion soup. I use Jarlsberg. Try that. I think you'll find you made a wonderful discovery in that Jarlsberg, with that little bit of nutty flavor that it has, is much better than Gruyere is with French onion soup, even using my famous La Halle recipe. And then there's potato dishes that are, can be so wonderful. You know, any kind of uh, casserole of potatoes with a little cheese in it, uh, it's just absolutely marvelous. And who can deny the joys of stew, whether your favorite is chicken, venison, beef, lamb, or even a hamburger stew? They're all very hearty. And the, and the wines that go with these are just absolutely terrific, in my opinion. Again, in this cold weather, when you're having those hearty dishes, you want hearty wines. Uh, one that comes to mind immediately with hardiness is Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa Valley. Angel's Landing is a, just a wonderful Cabernet, and it is absolutely delicious with any kind of stew. Uh, there's another one called 1881 Cabernet from Napa Valley. It happens to be a Bogo right now, and it is a very hearty, big, robust Cabernet Sauvignon that is delicious and would marry so well with any of those stews. And, you know, a fun thing to do with those stools or soups, uh, if you're uh, making them, serve them in a hollowed-out bowl, a little by a, those mini sourdough loaves. Hollow them out and put the soup inside of that. It not only looks beautiful, it tastes beautiful, and you can kind of chew on that bread that's been soaked in the stew or soup uh, is, is a plus factor, and have that with your wine as you finish the wine. Uh, another wine I kind of like at this time of year is something called Bell Gloss. It's from California. It's Pinot Noir. It has an interesting history. It's made by the Copper Cane Winery, which is run by... Uh, None other than Joe Kimus. Uh His father, Chuck Kimus and his grandfather, Charlie Kimus, were very... Uh, Wagner, I'm sorry. They own uh, Kimus Vineyards. Their name is Wagner. But his bell gloss has about the top half of the bottle is covered in red wax. Don't let that deter you. It looks very, very pretty. But uh, it's just something... People would call it a gimmick. I don't think so. But that Bell Gloss is a really wonderful Pinot Noir and very, very hearty. Another thing to try 
uh, as I was saying, was Zinfandels. They just are one of the grape types, in my opinion, that go so well with hearty foods, uh, whether you're having uh, a hearty soup or, or stew or anything like that. Zinfandel pairs so well with it. And you want to try something interesting, try Natalie Verga's uh, Primitivo from Italy. You know, Primitivo is the original origin of Zinfandel. And Natalie Verga, her Primitivo is absolutely wonderful and would go again with these hearty dishes, warm your innards, something wonderful. She also makes a Barbera d'Alba that comes from the Piedmont area, and that's a hearty, robust dish too. Chateauneuf de Pops, again, great, great wines to have with this kind of thing. And there's a little inexpensive wine called La Forge, and he makes a Syrah. The Syrah is one of the principal grape types of the Northern Rhone, and it's a very robust, big wine. Absolutely wonderful with these hearty dishes. Uh, as a simple Cote de Rhone can be, but make sure the Cote de Rhone you're getting has some Syrah. A lot of Cote de Rhones are made fairly light, 100% Grenache. And when you're having these, one of these hearty winter dishes, you want a hearty wine to go with them. Uh, when we talked about Bordeaux before, we've talked often about Milange, which is a convent where, uh, named after a thousand angels, Milange. And there is principally Merlot, which uses softer red wine. But boy, I'll tell you, the way he uh, handles it, it's a good wine to have a, on a robust day. Uh, just absolutely delicious. These Rhone wines, Zinfandel, a northern Italian, they're all just about perfect to have with those hearty dishes. And believe me, you'll forget all about this winter. And if you want to even go one step further, after you've had one of these hearty meals and a good wine, have a sit back, light a fire, and have a glass of port a tawny port or, or an age port. They're not very expensive. You can get a 10-year-old, 20-year-old uh, tawny port very, very reasonably, and you have that with a little piece of gorgonzola cheese or English Stilton cheese with a walnut. And boy, I'll tell you, that'll chase away the winter blues pretty rapidly. Oh, does that uh, French onion soup sound good? Well, as far as any wine and any other ideas, you just head to any one of the Haskell's locations. Right, Jack? Indeed, Denny. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to marry wine with foods. Now, they can't make the meal for you, but they can make the meal a perfect pairing of wine and whatever you're going to put into it. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Bloomington, Excelsior, Faribault. Right off at 35, our Maple Grove Super Cellar is not to be missed. In downtown Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Island Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. Outstanding. Jack, thanks so much. Let's talk again next week. Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.